Hey, Alan, can I uh, tell you a little secret? I love secrets. And this stays just between you and me. No one else in the world is going to know this, right? Not even our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So I've been going through Instagram and I'm not really excited at some of the content that I see. You know, I, I feel like some of the Asian content that I see doesn't really speak to me. Uh, you know, I hear that a lot, but let me tell you something. There's a solution for you. It's called the Universal Asian. Universal Asian? Tell me more. Yeah, you know, they have a lot of great articles about Asian culture, prose, poetry. And I'll tell you what, they have really beautiful photos. Does this place have a community? Because I love poetry. Friends that know me, I'm a huge poet. And oftentimes they don't know it. Yeah, Raymond, that's actually a really good point. They have a lot of writing articles, poetry, prose, photos, art, and video of a variety of topics. And the best part about it, nothing is off limits. You could talk about anything on there. Wow, really? So I can like just share my whole story and I can read other people's story on there? Absolutely. They, ha I mean, there's a huge community. Just join the Universal Asian community today and you can have access to all these amazing content of fabulous artists, writers, authors, everything. This sounds amazing. What's the website called? It's called theuniversalasian.com. Oh, yeah. Our next episode highlight is from the Seeds You Sow podcast, produced and hosted by my good friend Aisha Tripp, alongside her co-hosts Ashley Alston, Michael Waller, and Damon Hastings. This high-energy show is made up of eclectic voices offering a creative yet critical perspective on modern-day Black culture. And something about her energy is just really magnetic, and I'm so grateful that we've been able to stay connected since then. She's a writer, producer, and just an all-around creative extraordinaire. So it's really no wonder why she and her crew would have a podcast. So we're actually going to highlight two episodes. That's right. Show is so nice, gotta hear it twice. The episodes are on the power of rejection and a discussion about intimacy. So without further ado, the seeds you sow. The Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion. Coming to you live. live. Welcome to the Seeds You Sow podcast, y'all. We're coming to you live, KUSF.org, in the studio, feeling real good, feeling real turnt with my lovely, amazing co-host, looking at Ashley over here to my right. What's up, Ashley? Hey, y'all. Good evening. Hi. Happy Sunday. Woo, Sunday. Oops, I dropped my phone. Okay, y'all, we're going to keep going. We got Deacon Mike up in here. Peace. Actually, Coach Mike now. Uh-oh. Coach, Coach Mike. Mike. Hey, uh -oh. Yeah. Coach Mike. Oh, Stepped him up. Air Mikey's. Oh, Air Mikey's. Instagram name? Deacon, Coach Mike. Deacon Coach, Coach Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Deacon Coach Mike. <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, we got Brother Damon up in here looking like, where is Waldo today, y'all? Hey, hey, Waldo Faldo from the hood. Waldo Faldo from the hood. I can't. Waldo Faldo from the hood. Oh, man. Oh, you going to say something? You Waldo Faldo? I don't remember Waldo What? Oh, okay, my bad. I, I, okay. You don't remember Waldo. Was there Waldo Faldo? Waldo Faldo. Who's Waldo Faldo? Family Matters. Oh, you right. Hey, you see what I'm saying? Now you see why I said what? <laughs> 
Oh, that makes me think. Okay, oh, who no, was like no, your I mean, favorite like ooh. next door black sitcom neighbor? Hey. <laughs> you know, like you got Jazzy Fresh, you got Waldo Faldo, you got Broadman, you got Broadman for the Broadman. I love Roger. I love Roger. Go home, Roger. Oh man. You got Urkel for sure. You got who else? We got Urkel, Broadman. We got Go Home, Roger. Who's the next door in Moesha? Oh, Hakeem. Hakeem. Yeah. Aww, that R. name. Dang. He, he, he passed away. Y'all don't know that? No, okay. It's like, yeah. R.I.P. Hakeem. Okay. But you guys, yeah, welcome to the Save You So. We're recording in the evening time. So if you see the energy is a little different from our morning time, it's because, you know, it's, what, 7.14. We're sipping on red wine. We're back in the studio. Feeling good. Feeling great. Got an awesome bomb.com episode for you guys today. Myra. Oh, can <laughs> That's my pick. Wait, Myra? Like, Myra, Steve's girlfriend. Was she a neighbor, though? I mean, she kind of was because she came when Steve came. Okay. And she like, kind of had that neighbor kind of role. she passed away, too. I know, man. That was sad. Sorry. She was Justine on The Cosby Show. And her and Malcolm Jamal Warner actually dated in real life. Is that right? Yeah, they did. I did you know what? I saw, I saw this old, like, uh, it was like some award show or something mm-hmm. like some honor show or something where her and him were sitting in the audience Aww. together and I kind of like kind of like choked up <laughs> this is a black TV sitcom history for y'all as we get started through um, for our show we want to give you guys a little black history on the you know television from the 90s check out Damn. these shows hmm. but super excited for today's topic what are we talking about today y'all did y'all read the email? <laughs> the, the power of rejection. Rejection. Yeah. There we go. Well, the official seat of the day is entitled No Means Not Yet in the proper context. Mm. Yeah, when I read that, I was oh, like, um, I think I might be missing that one. I didn't. Someone I had to disagree. Somebody, somebody had, I heard this, I heard that term No Means Not Yet actually in a sermon, and this is prior to the whole Me Too movement now. Okay. I, no still means no, yes, okay. but in terms of like your personal <laughs> goals, real. In terms- Let's be clear with that. Let's be clear with that. No, still means no. I'm over here in the studio, y'all. As a woman, you know, I they are right in sharing their peace. Yes. I understand. No means no. Exactly. But we so today's episode though is in reference to I'm trying to be serious, y'all. We're really I'm just gonna let y'all get y'all giggles. Wait, out. but you know the real listeners are gonna laugh and die and laugh. I know. Okay. Yeah. Are we did we all get our laughs out? Okay. Yeah, okay, are we good? No, no, yeah. So yes. Um, and the term in um, in reference to your personal goals, um, a job, or anything in life that you have placed yourself or put yourself out there for, and you had to experience rejection. You were told no. So we're going to be talking about that. Like, how does one still persist, still continue to go after their dreams, their goals, after going through rejection? And also, we'll talk about it from a personal level, too. So this is going to be an uplifting, encouraging episode to basically give you some motivation to keep going even in the midst of discouragement, okay? Are we good? I feel like yeah, I'm bringing man. that back. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, but, back. Yes, Lord. <laughs> back. Yes, but before we hop into the topic, you know, we got to stroll through the garden real quick and do a quick little check-in question, you know, make sure we're all like on one accord. Ashley, what's our check-in question for the week? Okay, so our check-in question is, we're all hashtag adulting. And <laughs> what is your favorite adulting task? And what is your least favorite adulting task? Man. It gets real quiet. Who wants to go first? I got to think about it. I, I can kick us off because, mm-hmm. of course, if I ask the question. But, you know, listeners, I pose this question to you again. What is your favorite adulting task? 
And what is your least favorite adulting task? Hmm. Okay. So my favorite adulting task is grocery shopping. I absolutely love grocery shopping. Really? I'm smiling right now in the studio. Like it, I feel like it's a good use of my money. I feel like I'm getting a bank for my buck. I feel like I know what's going in my body. Um, I enjoy like the challenge of like writing a list and staying within a budget. Mm. So I enjoy it. And, and then it's also like you get to bring home something. You know, you get to see your rewards. Oh my god! I didn't know you like to shop like I that. I love. Can grocery I pay shopping. you to grow grocery? I hate grocery yes, shopping. I love it. Kind of got service for that word. And they do, but I don't want. I could pay. Hashtag keep, I could circle the black. Keep, 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 keep in the black community. I'm with that. Black Instacart. Black But you know what? About 90% of my Instacart drivers are definitely black. Oh, though, so all right. You know what? Hey, black community. hey, and Uber, each driver's too, they be black. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. all right, I see you, Uber Dreams. I'm so tight on my budget, I don't spend any money. Driving. Jasper, <laughs> Jasper, where's Jasper at? These people are Instacarting <laughs> and Uber and Eats. Um, and then I would say my least favorite adulting task is making dental appointments because for my doctor's appointment, I can make them on an app. But for the dentist, you still have to call like an old school, like their schedule and my schedule always are like not on the same page. Yeah. And it just feels like it's something I really forget to do. Um, whereas like I don't forget other things. Yeah. Okay. Who else wants to go now? Uh, I'm looking at Mike. I mean, too. <laughs> I'm going. I mean, me and Damon were trying to think, right? Yeah. yeah. They've been adults for way too long, Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. You know? uh, my favorite adulting task doing laundry. What? what? Yeah. I hate laundry. Okay. I'm gonna have That's you... what a lot of people feel like. Though. For me, laundry. it's like, um, depending on, it's it's a different it. experience if you're at the wash house or if you're at home. <laughs> but it's like relaxed and calm. You can listen to your music. Um, you can kind of chill at the same time. And then, especially if you're at the wash house. Uh, when I lived in L.A., I didn't have good washer and dryers at my apartment. So I always went to the wash house. Mm -hmm. And if you stagger your loads well enough mm. you can fold one while the other is finishing <laughs> oh and God. then it's like nicely pro done. tip alert and like <laughs> pro tip alert <laughs> so like if you plan your time out at the wash house it can be super efficient hey. and it, it it's not so bad mike dropping them gems today y'all. Uh, yeah so I, I like stagger i like doing laundry loads, if you at the house you know you got you got a reason to feel like you're actually doing something, yeah. but be kind of lazy. Because when it's washing, you know, you watch TV, you yeah. read a book, you know, you might get some other cleaning done if you need to. Um, but it's like actively doing something that you need to get done. Yeah. But you could kind of be kind of chill at the same time. I feel that, brother. I feel it. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> as far as my least favorite, um, I think it would be either doing dishes or paying bills and paying bills is not really that bad it's like a reality that we have to do but what i hate about bills is that i just wish bills and rent could be on the same day so you could just pay for everything in the month and not have these random days in the month that you have to pay a random Tuesday or the 23rd and then you got one due on the 18th. And Can't you, you just know, like set it up? If you get a month ahead, you won't have that problem. You kind of can. Let's not talk about getting a month ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm not a month ahead, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, so I, I just kind of wish that. And I think you can plot out most of your bills um but it just would be nicer if it could be a little bit more convenient yeah um 
Or maybe your job could just pay your bills for you out of your check and give you what's left. <laughs> Something like that. You technically can do that, too. Is that right? Yeah, just set up two accounts. Take the bills out, send it to one account. Oh, look yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I work for account. AUSD right now, and AUSD could just send me what's left okay. over after my bills. You can do that with your direct deposit, send your bills to one account, no, and send the rest of your money. This one time, though. It sounds like it. a... This one time. It sounds like an off-the-mic conversation. Y'all got to yeah, continue. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you the answer. I hate washing dishes, too, though. Yeah, I can't stop I'll that. go ahead and go next. Um, my least favorite or that that doesn't make sense my least yeah my least favorite adulting task is gonna have to be i'm just gonna go with what you were talking about ashley um that you like to do i really do not like grocery shopping um actually i was up by 8 a.m today and my goal was to get to trader joe's by nine i didn't get there till about like two just because (laughs) i don't like crowds i don't like having to wait in line and also too even though i have like a per se plan of what I'm going to buy, even the process of picking out what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to make it, when I'm going to do it, like that whole planning process. I like to cook. I just don't want to have to decide when I'm going to eat and when I'm going to make it and how I'm going to like plan it throughout the week while making sure I'm being cost effective and being healthy and all the other stuff. I'm like, why can't I just snap my fingers and the food's just there? Like how it was when I was eight years old. Well, when you become a big baller, you can pay somebody to, to be my that. chef. You know yeah. And I'm a, do you don't have to worry about that. No. So I don't like that part of adulting. I know it sounds really kind of whatever but that's what I don't like one part of adulting that I do like though this is going to sound really weird but I really like getting my taxes done I look forward (laughs) (laughs) nobody in the studio related (laughs) we all look at each other like what (laughs) you must still get Tasha she was like this might be kind of weird and I was like it's not going to be weird everybody went what shout out to my tax guy Hakeem over in East Oakland he be hooking it up I look forward to going down to the office, talking with the associates, sitting down with Ikeem for my, you know, one hour tax cons- consultation, pay him up front, always hooks it up. So I look forward to that. And you get money back. At least you hope I keep doing, but Not yeah. Me. Okay. But uh, <laughs> see the way my life set up. <laughs> we can get that changed though, brother. We can get that changed. It's okay. It's okay. Nah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I like Business I like, owners don't get tax returns. One of my uh, co-workers, her husband has a small business, and they act, but they had to drop hella money, though. Exactly. Yeah. That's not, like, yeah. that's, so, anyway. that's your money that you're giving back. That's but, it's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. Well, it's I'm going to just go ahead and jump right off of that one and say, I hate getting my taxes done. <laughs> it's the worst time of the year every year, and that's why I get behind sometimes, because it's the horrible, worst horrible thing I've ever had to deal with. But I'm getting better every day, y'all. So... One day it's going to be something that I enjoy. But right now, it's the worst. I should over here changing the clothes (laughs) in the back. Um, What is my favorite adulting thing? I mean, I I mean, pretty much I just work all the time and all the other stuff is done by some other people. So I guess I would have to say taking out the trash because it seems like it comes at the most inopportune times. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, the one time I get to sit down and like relax for a quick second before jumping into my next thing, it's like, hey, can you take out the trash? And it's like, you never get a break. It's like, oh, you thought you had a break? Nope. We got dishes that need to be washed. We got the trash that needs to be taken out. We got 
a toilet that needs to be cleaned. So you know you, what I'm saying? You say you like to take out the trash? No, I don't like it. Oh, so you said two it's things like household you don't like. Things, I just went for it. <laughs> so basically, household things that need to be done when I'm trying to take a break. So what do you like then about adulting? Did you name that? I'm, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Did I? No, he just, he said he didn't no, like I just was going yeah. into what I didn't like. <laughs> Say what you do like. I mean, I like, you know, doing things that generate income. That's my favorite part of adulting. Okay. Which happens in a lot of different ways. But no, I just like to work. I enjoy it. Like, oh, okay. I like to figure out, strategize what I'm doing, you know. All right. I've got a lot of cool stuff going on, so. Yeah. That's probably the, my favorite part of it. You know what? Adulting, it's a lot sometimes. But you guys know what? We're blessed to be alive. We're blessed to be doing the things that we love to do. There's a saying that says, um, don't let your get to turn into your got to. And we have a lot of get to's. Like we get to do this podcast. We get to um, chase after our dreams. We get to be the head coach. We get to own our own business. We get to pursue our master's degree. We get to write, you know? Oh, what? Yeah, that, I'll, I'll take that back. That's what, that's my favorite thing about adulting. I'm also coaching right now. Coaching yeah, you're coaching too. That's baseball, right. Yeah. And that is actually my favorite part of adulting. Yeah. You're starting to coach the kids yeah. and being able to, you know, start to cultivate them at a young age. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Give them life skills and those mm-hmm. athletic skills. So, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part. But that just started like a week ago. So, mm-hmm. all right. Still Thanks. getting used to it. All right. Brother Dame, <laughs> Coach Dame, y'all over here coaching and stuff. I want to coach now too. I want to coach soccer one day. Get out there. I'm going to teach the kids how to kick the ball correctly. Anyway, y'all. <laughs> we're going to hop into the seed of the day. Uh, we're going to be talking about, as I stated earlier, um, the power of rejection. Looking at rejection from a positive standpoint. Looking at how you're able to take a no and turn it into something. Let it be not yet or turn it into a yes that may come later. But either way, we're going to be sharing our own personal experiences as well as offering tips and advice on how to push through any time you've been through a time in life where you've had to deal with rejection. Um, The inspiration behind this episode actually came from the fact that um, right now as a podcast, we are putting together our application for the second time for the Google Podcast Creator Program, which is a program that is set up for um, new podcasts or existing podcasts to basically grow, become better, and work with a team of professionals that will help your podcast become the amazing thing that it already is, but even better. And so we applied back in December and we were told no. But you know what? That's okay, Google, because we coming back. We coming back and we coming back strong. You know what I'm saying? So when I got the email about reapplying, I was like, you know what? Let's talk about rejection. Let's talk about how we're able to get back up after we fall down. Oh, that's a song, y'all. What song is that? Get back we up. We fall down. Yes. We, we get up. We, we fall, fall down, down, but we perfect get for a Sunday evening. <laughs> for a saint is just a sinner who fell down mm. and got up. <laughs> yes. The Virgo do it, Yes, y'all. Hallelujah. What we do? Say Sosa. Um. Say Sosa. So, yes, um, as always, we definitely have two articles for you guys to reference. Um, One article entitled, Why Rejection Can Actually Be a Good Thing, posted by TheHuffingtonPost.com. And then we also have another article entitled, The Ten Benefits of Rejection That Will Surely Impress You, um, posted by Lifehack.org. So, these articles are really great in the sense that they really break down the positive side to rejection and how you can keep pushing forward, even in the midst of like, dang, man, I really wanted that. I really saw it happening. 
how do I, you know, push forward and keep going? So I think these articles were very uplifting in that aspect and give a different insight. But I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think everybody here, we all come from different walks of life, but we're all connected in the sense that we're all creatives, we're all entrepreneurs, we're all athletic type people. Like, all of us sitting here have had to put ourselves out there multiple times throughout life. So, right? You know, so we we know a little bit about being told no. And we know about being told yes. But we're going to have a productive conversation. So before we, you know, really get into like the, I would say the meat and potatoes of talking about like, how do you push through after rejection? I kind of want to think about and talk about why do you think people have such a negative view or like they're fearful and avoid rejection altogether? Because there is like this issue where some people won't even like take the step to put themselves out there because they're already fearful of the idea of being rejected to begin with. Drop it like that. Uh, well, I mean, it takes a lot to make yourself vulnerable, put yourself in a vulnerable position mm-hmm. where you're unsure of the outcome. That takes a lot for a person. And if you haven't had a lot of... Uh, things that have built your confidence a lot of a lot of people tell you you could a lot of people who have looked at you and given you positive reinforcements then it's hard to like put yourself out there and be like i want to do this thing with you or for you will you let me do that like that's a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. um especially if you haven't experienced success yet you know yeah yeah um like some people when they like they're successful pretty much in everything that they do like you'll go I've never been, I'm not saying myself, but a person might be able to say, I've never been, you know, rejected from a job. I've gotten every job that I've ever applied to, or I've never, you know, been cut from a team, or I've Mm. never, you know I mean? Some people have that experience where they've always been successful, so it's not a thing to them. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm, I don't even think about the fact that I might get rejected, but someone else may be like, I've never actually even put myself out there because I've never felt confident enough to even go for it to get rejected. Very true. And then it builds up a thing over time and like you get to 40, 50 years old and that's still the case and you still have a hard time going for something that should be easy for you to get based on who you are, what you can do. But you just don't have the feeling. I mean, I deal with a lot of that in the nonprofit work that I Mm -hmm. do right now and I'm dealing with it a lot right now because what we do is we try to get people jobs. So, we try to like prepare them to go into the job market, pursue a position, go and do the things that's necessary for them to get employed. Mm-hmm. But you see when it comes to time, like, okay, we got you here. Now it's time for you to go the next, you know, the, the rest of the way yeah. to actually put yourself out there and get ready to go to work. You see a lot of drop off. And mm, it's like the drop off. It's kind of conf- it's kind of frustrating for the people who's trying to like mm-hmm. help build them. these yeah, help them out, give them all the things that all the tools that they need to get there. But then I understand at the same time when it gets there, it's like, all right, now you see, okay, man, like I knew this was coming, but now it's here. I have to actually be confident enough to put myself out there Man, and, and and pursue something. And sometimes you have a fear of success. Like some people are afraid of the idea that, oh, if I actually do this, it might work. Mm, that's deep. You know what I mean? Or, because like, then what? Then what? Mm. After that, then what? Then I have to actually continue to produce. I have to actually continue to do the thing that I said I wanted to do. Somebody's mm. giving me a chance to do it. Right. Yeah. And so. what, this, what this really brings back to me, as I keep thinking about, it, is behaviorism. Um, behaviorism is like literally it's a s- idea that if you train somebody to do something, they'll continue to do it. Well, if all your life you've been training for failure or you've only had failure it's hard to get your mind out of that Mm -hmm. but i will also touch back on the point where damon was talking about someone being super successful i think 
actually that people who have never experienced failure take it the hardest because they don't know how to cope with it. And so I'll say that for my personal self because I've always been an overachiever. I've really always like whatever it is that I've like put out in the world that I want. I've really always like been successful and I've got it. I have a dogged work ethic. Um, I'm extremely strategic and I'm really curious about things. So I feel like that has played like as a positive side for me. However, I will say when I first experienced failure, you're lost and you don't know what to do because you're like, I don't even know this feeling. It's so unrecognizable and you don't know how to work through it that it knocks you back harder because behaviorism is telling me that if I do it this way, it will happen this way. And then as soon as it's been happening that way for five and 10 years and it stops happening that way, Uh for me, it was much harder to like bounce back because I was like, I'm not used to like failure. Like I don't even know what this feeling is or even how to begin to process it. Mm. What are you thinking over there, Deacon Mike? I think that uh, part of the reason why we as a species are so <laughs> afraid of, of rejection are, is because we typically value the end point and not the process to get to the end point. Yep. Mm-hmm. So even I was just thinking about how um, in, our constitution, in our constitution, it talks about the pursuit of happiness and that journey to happiness is important to say because you can't be in a constitution like you're going to get happiness and you're going to get success and so i think that we fear rejection because we don't value the work that goes in to even being at the point where we can get rejected we just value getting to that point amen and so i think that as we continue to learn to like literally i'll just interview to be a coach Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i was at a point where if they didn't choose me as coach, I wasn't going to be too disappointed because I put in so much work to be in this position. And that means that I can take my presentation and I can take it anywhere with me. Amen. Um, and I means that regardless of the fact that they decided to hire me or not, I still put in the work and that That's made it. me feel pride. Yeah. And so I think that that is something that hurts us a lot is that mm. we don't value what we put into being at the point where we might be rejected. That's a very good point. And I love how like Damon's talking about, you know, the confidence and then Ashley, you bringing up the aspect of like a person who's never even, you know, experienced failure and then bringing it all back to um, your point, um, Mike, about the process it takes and how we do live in a society that puts so much emphasis on that, that external endpoint. And one thing that came to mind for me in terms of why people are afraid of failure and thinking about what everything you guys just said is the fact that I think in the society we live in, whatever it is that we're trying to achieve will then t- will then some way connect it to our overall self-worth and self-being. And me and Ashley were talking about that, like the difference between failing at an exam and being a failure. Just because you got rejected mm-hmm. from a job doesn't mean now you're an overall rejected type of person. <clears throat> wow. But I think that's like the mindset that people will start to develop because once they've been told or they didn't get the job or they, you know, didn't get into grad school or their play didn't get accepted or something, then they now take it overall personally and now it's a reflection of like who they are which it should not be mm-hmm. because it's just one step in the process and I think that's like taking value off of instead of looking at it from an intrinsic type of point of view we look at we should look at it more from an intrinsic type of point of view like internally like what you were just saying Mike like let's look at the process of, of what it takes because at the end of the day even if you are like that straight shooter overachiever which I think a majority of us sitting here to some degree have been 
I don't care who you are, you're going to get told no once. And that humility is good for you, too. So I I could could write a book about that. How I learned humility. I'll write the full word. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you how I learned about humility. (laughs) Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to touch back on the fact that Michael has been talking about Enpoi. And then our ride over here, I told you I was reading an article around, like, in school, they focus on so much on, like, performance Mm -hmm. and not Mm. on, like, learning and not on, like, the effort that you actually put in to, like, solve the problem. Mm. And it brings up this thing that I really believe in, that it's not about winning. It's not about the end point. It's about learning mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. accomplishing whatever it is that you wanted to accomplish. Amen. So you didn't lose. You learned. What did you learn? Exactly. And I, I've looked at a lot of situations like that in my life, and I feel like I've learned in order to give that to someone else a purpose. I have went through depression in order to give that to somebody else and be like, yeah. this is normal. Right. I went through a really bad car accident because then I had a friend recently who had a bad car accident and was like, they got hit. And I was like, you know what? The reason why people sue is because when they ask about how much liability insurance you want is because if you, their person insurance doesn't cover, you can sue and ask for more money. I said, here, let me see you the demand. I went through this a couple of years <laughs> ago. Like It was really stressful because I was on the other end of at fault, but you're on the opposite end. So I always think like things happen to me because my purpose in this world is to like touch a, touch a youth, touch a child and see them do better. But I can't do that if I don't experience like the worst, I think. And then also it goes with with whom lots is given to. I think lots is expected. of. Amen. And so I will also say that, too, that even if I've had a lot in my life, maybe my reason for giving is because I've also had the privilege and I've been blessed. that I'm like, you know, it's really about each one, teach one and like yeah. really giving back because maybe <laughs> I've been blessed in order to like show other give other people's blessings of course so mm-hmm. it just makes me think about like why we have failure because it does build character if you can bounce back from it and that goes into like our next question but I know you're going to say something so go ahead yeah I'm about to have to leave in a few minutes but yeah. I just want to uh, say real quick there's two things that I wanted to talk about one yeah. was the fact that I think another um, another thing that we run into sometimes is the fact that we look at this one thing that we're pursuing as the end point, the yeah. end game, and we don't think of it. And also, I'll say them together. The other is we look at a no as rejection, mm-hmm. which a no isn't always rejection to you. Sometimes a no, a lot of times a no is this is not the right fit. Yes. This is not the right place for you. Man. Just like this may not be the right fit for us. Yep. So. You might get that no, but then later on you get the yes and it's mm-hmm. like, man, what would have happened if I would have tried to pursue that no or stopped mm-hmm. after that last no? So just Ooh, thinking about it as and really having faith in the fact that if you put yourself out there, if you continue to grind and continue to put yourself out there, it's not about the one no that you got or the two no's or the 10 or 15, 20 no's that you got. It's about the journey to get to that yes. That's the, really the one that you were, you know, destined for in the first place. Yeah. So in the article that we read, um, reading about J.K. Rowling saying that Harry Potter got turned down from 20 publishers before yep. getting to the one that it got to. But guess what? Those other 20 publishers probably weren't ready to handle a story like mm-hmm. like Harry Potter. They probably weren't ready for what that was going to be. they just didn't the see one, the potential in well, it they either. they didn't see the potential. And then someone saw the potential and it became what it did. But if she would have gotten down on herself or, or given up after, you know, the 5th, 6th, 7th, 15th, no, then, you know, we wouldn't have Harry Potter today. Amen. So... If we think about that for ourselves and think about, okay, I know what I have. Mm -hmm. I'm confident in what I have. I know what I'm offering. So I want it to go to the best possible place. And the best possible place also includes the place where someone sees it, respects it, and knows what to do with it as well. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. 
when you look at it on that journey, when you're going, when you're interviewing with something, maybe it's an interview, maybe it's a job. If you're interviewing for a job, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a rejection when they say maybe this isn't the best fit. It's yeah. maybe we're not the best fit. Yeah. So if we think of it that way, then we think we look at the idea of rejection a little bit differently. Sounds like, and I know you got to dip, Brother Damon, but we appreciate you being yeah, yeah. on time, even though we was here later. But you know, no problem. Goes, you know, so <laughs> no problem. Brother Damon gonna be back with us. Um, but no, like. Everything you just said kind of makes me think about just having an open mind to it. 100%. And also the fact that, like, the ability to <clears throat> not stop. Because I think that's what, when people take the rejection so personal, they will let it deter them mm-hmm. to, you know, not go further with whatever it is they're pursuing. And that's where the real um, danger is in any time in life. Let it be you going after a job, let it be you submitting your creative work, let it be you shooting your shot for a relationship or something mm-hmm. like that. You should never, ever let one no stop you from like still pursuing whatever it is that's in your heart because there's still so much more life to live. There's still so much more to see. There's still so much more to experience. But when we get so narrow-minded, like, and it has to be this. And if it's not this, then it's never that. You're really limiting yourself. That's so, and I'm, go ahead. Oh, you're going to say, oh, you dancing? No, I'm just dancing. <laughs> I felt what she was saying. You, you, you feel like, it? Yeah, All right, peace, it. y'all. Y'all have a good week. Holla, Damon. I think it also, also real quick has to has to say with a good amount of times when we are going through the possibility of getting rejected, we are trying to portray somebody that we're not, and then when we get rejected. It makes us feel less of ourselves because we're like, oh, I tried to portray this person that was better than I am, and that didn't work out for me. And so I think that has this a lot of times when people go into interviews or people go out on first dates, right? We're trying to make this facade, build this facade that we are something that we're not. And then when we get rejected, we look at ourselves and what we really are with more criticism. And so I think there's something to say, too, about just being who you are and unapologetically giving that to anything that you are experiencing in your life and then seeing where it takes you. And I think that for the most part, good things come to you when you are just being who you are and sharing that with the world. Thank you for saying that. Like, let's please be authentic to to, to who we are. It's just a struggle for some people to get there because right. we are presented with images. You have to be this in order to be that. Right. But at the end of the day, you really can't be nobody but yourself. So we definitely need to promote more of that message as opposed to promoting being somebody else. And I think we need to shift our mindset too. instead of looking at like, OK, like for me, as an example, as a writer, I can definitely look at other writers and their trajectory and what they did or what, you know, festivals or whatever they submitted to. But at the end of the day, like instead of looking at it from a comparison point of view, I should look at it from a celebratory point of view, Mm -hmm. like celebrate the success of those who are pursuing the same things that you're doing, but recognizing they have their own path as well as you have your own path. So the next time you start to like compare, switch that off and instead celebrate, because sometimes we only get like a snapshot of what other people are doing, not really knowing everything else that it took for them to get to where they're at anyway. So and, you know, when you talk about like not comparing yourself I remember after college you know there's a there's this moment especially for first generational college students that after college there's a phase in your life where you go through um, like a little bit of depression because you don't know exactly like mm. what you're supposed to be doing what your purpose is you went to go get this degree this is what everybody waited for you to get you got it and now you're like do I have a job or am I happy and 
at during this time, there's a lot of like waiting and hoping. And it just reminds me like you have to keep the hope and the faith alive mm-hmm. because when you give up in yourself, like internally, mm-hmm. like you really give up. And the other thing you have to do is with social media nowadays, you have to turn it off or you have to like mm. really fast from it. And this is from personal experience <sighs> yeah. that as soon as I was able to do that at 23 years old, cut off Facebook, I cut off Instagram like y'all, y'all should see my followers. I should have way more if I never let go. But I let go for the better because I felt like I was able to really start to pursue who I really was without comparing myself to other yeah. people. I remember that like that's a facade. That's another world for people. That's a way oh, to look Lord. a certain way. Sure. And so like for all of you all who are really addicted to social media and enjoy Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, I would say if you're trying to do better and you see other people and you get you're feeling getting jealous, you know, like that bit of jealousy, take a step back and say, you know what? What am I doing and how am I focusing on myself? And maybe really turn off that social media because I know that helped me. Mm -hmm. I would say five years ago and I would give that advice to somebody else because it's gotten even more serious in the last five years. Yeah, we're very much saturated. And so with that being said, um, I think it's important that we offer our listeners maybe a quick personal testimony of a time that we've experienced any form of rejection. Um, Just to, you know, let you guys know that even your host here, like everybody goes through it, but it's not about just like you going through it's how you got through it. And like, what did you learn from it? Um, I'll go first. Cause I don't rarely talk about this. I think, you know, I think I mentioned it in the college track interview. So I think you've known this, Ashley. Um, originally I was going to talk about how like right now as a writer, I've been submitting to festivals, um, which is a whole process because this is new for me. Um, but I don't want to talk about that. I was like, that's kind of obvious. You're going you're, you're gonna to submit as a writer. You're going to get rejected. Whatever. We know about that. Whatever. So that's a process. But I want to talk about how when I was in grad school at University of Wisconsin-Madison and I worked the entire year, well, even prior, even before that, on my thesis and I had to go up for my defense and after my defense, I did not pass. Mm. <laughs> and it was devastating in the sense because passing your defense is um, like the key <laughs> to graduation. And at this point, um, after going through a very tumultuous, very extremely hard semester where I was coming back from the Bay Area, my grandmother had just passed away. I was going through just a lot of just different stuff in life. And my goal was to get back to the Bay Area. I got this job offer through um, the Upward Bound program at UC Berkeley. I had all these plans. And it's like, wait, how am I supposed to go back? But I haven't passed my, you know, defense or whatever. I didn't properly defend. She didn't properly graduate, (laughs) y'all. I did. Hold on. I did graduate. I got got my degree. At that point. I got the receipts. I got the receipts. I'm just saying, let me just break it down for people who aren't Um, And I mean... Yeah, so it was devastating. And there were some other things, too, that played into that that we don't have to talk about on air, talk talk about that off air. But essentially, this is what I learned. So what ended up happening was I didn't essentially pass. Um, What happened was the chair of the department had to step in and take over and to be my advisor. Um, He and I went through some critical um, edits on my thesis. And then um, I had a month to resubmit. And then I had to do another virtual defense. And then by that June, right after I got back from Hawaii into June, um, I officially passed. So just it took a month off or whatever. So I still yes. and I got my degree by August, so it was fine. But um, one thing that it taught me, or one of the many things that I learned, was um, 
in terms of whatever you do in life, you have to really not rush yourself. I definitely at that time in my life operated on this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is how it's going to get done. And even though prior to that, I had learned that things don't always operate on this certain kind of like exact time clock. I still always push that. And I was really pushing to make sure that my thesis was done by May when I probably should have taken some more time to say, you know, what, I actually need some more time to do the edits correctly and think about this more critically. Can I still just walk and graduate and then maybe defend in June? Because it wasn't ready. It wasn't. And like, I didn't want to admit that to myself because I was like, no, I have to get it done by May because I'm trying to be out here by May 14th. And that's when it's going to get done. That's the deadline I set for myself. And I'm not going back on that deadline no matter what. And so I had to learn to not rush the process. I had to learn to be more flexible with myself. And I also had to learn to be more um, humble to the fact that I needed more outside feedback on my overall writing to make it the best that it could be. But in the moment when it first happened, it was devastating. It was embarrassing. It was like, because everybody else around me was like, they passed. And I'm like, and I didn't. And it's like, oh, I'm this overachieving student. I got a 4.0. I'm teaching at the Oak Hill Correctional Facility. I got a radio show on campus. I can't pass my thesis defense. What? I can't fight for my degree. But <laughs> but so it hum- deep. It's like, it's psychological. It really challenges you as a person. Yeah. But like I said, like, and I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had the chance to redefend. I'm thankful for the opportunity that my advisor, shout out to Craig Warner, um, who was actually retiring this year, who had that hard conversation with me about like, you do have the potential, but you need to slow down and reflect and really think about how you're pushing yourself. And you need to push yourself in a more strategic type of way as opposed to just pushing yourself just to push yourself. So I learned humility. I learned bounce back in terms of resilience. And I also learned the ability to just... I would say hold yourself accountable because mm. that's the other thing too a rejection because sometimes it's easier to be like well they did this and they did that and blah 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 but at the end of the day all you can control is you so that's my testimony on my experience with rejection thanks AT mm-hmm. I hate that both of ours happen to be academic rejections <laughs> um, but I will say that I have had heartbreak rejections mm-hmm. in terms of being like psychologically like played in a relationship about a year and a half ago. Um, that is a different type of rejection. And it's funny because I mm. talked about rejection to my mother today. She came to visit me. Shout out, mama. And she was just like, you know, I think heartbreak is the hardest because no matter at what age you go through it, no one can tell you how to get through it. It's something that you have to experience for yourself. Um, And so I will say that like the toughest kind of like rejection is like rejection from like a mate Mm. because that has a lot to do with yourself. Um, My personal, um, I think my personal story of rejection and something that just stands out right now is we talk about me being in grad school now and me loving grad school and it being amazing, but that did not come without failure. So there's no surprise that I'm an overachiever when it comes to academics. I've always sought like a lot of just praise in that area and I've always enjoyed it. Like I enjoy going to school. I'm a traditional student till to this day. Like I like to go to class. I like to do homework to a certain extent. Um, so <laughs> and I like I like I naturally meet friends in those environments where in other environments it's really difficult for me to meet friends. So I had a Melamaze fellowship um, in undergrad at UC Berkeley. I had a 3.4 GPA. I had studied domestically at Spelman College. Um, I was killing it. And with this fellowship, I applied to grad school. I will tell you, though, that I did not take the GRE seriously. They paid for it. I just I just don't believe and I still don't care that much for tests because I mm-hmm. feel like I can show like my abilities in other ways. Um, as I think about um, how best else 
to like do that, I applied to tons of PhD programs in my fellowship. And at the end, I was rejected to all of them. I just knew in my mind that my senior year in college, I would be knowing exactly what grad school I was going to. Like, that's what we'd be celebrating. And that's what we were celebrating. And I had to like change my mind around that. And I was super devastated for a very long time. Mm. But I will say, like, I also applied again the next year. And guess what? I was waitlisted on University of Michigan's PhD program for so long. Funding didn't come through. I didn't go. So Mm -hmm. all this time I think about what I missed. But in reality, when I reflect on it, I was not ready. My writing was not ready. I was not 100 percent sure on the research. I was just like, if I get into this program, I'll do it. Um, And guess what? I've had to touch more than 250 plus students in my time now since being an educator. Um, And and vice versa, like they have impacted my life. And now additionally, like I'm in a program that I love at the University of Pennsylvania. I never imagined myself being here. The experience of the people I've met, Mm. you know, so you just don't know what's in store for you later down. It reminds me of that meme or that picture that people have seen where like God is taking a teddy bear from a little girl behind his back he has a bigger teddy bear yep and so for me i just remember that like a no means a not yet it means a not a good fit but it also could mean something bigger and better is coming down the road that you just can't see from your perspective yep Mm -hmm. i love that keep going what you gonna offer here deacon mike with your testimonies i'm the one that i actually had initially in my mind also had to do with uh education <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll switch up so that we can uh kind of change change the vibe um or not the vibe but just change the narrative um first of all what i want to point out though is that when i was a little bit younger and less confident in myself i tried to think so much about what i would say to a lady before I would say it so I would sound cool and, and do whatever I needed to to get the number mm-hmm. that I would miss any opportunity to actually have that interaction. Yeah. Um, and so the fear of rejection haunted me so much that I wouldn't even go out there because I tried to spend so much time mm-hmm. thinking about how I was going to say this line that was going to sweep her away and mm. have me lead me to getting the number. But the one that I'll use is... Um, I got re- I've gotten rejected in the education system many times, and I'm still dealing with that mm. uh, to this day, and still trying to kind of overcome the disappointment of that rejection. But um, when I was a junior in high school, and my mother got sick, I figuratively fell off a cliff. My grades dropped from a 3.8 to a 0.8 in a semester. Um, I became, in my eyes, a failure, and I think in many other people's eyes, a failure as well. Mm. Um, somehow, I had a friend and mentor of mine who put me in a position to two days after I graduated be working a full-time position at a center for philanthropy in Oakland called East Bay Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Here's this failure who barely got through high school, is not going to college, and now I'm making very good money. At 18, I'm moving out of my mom's house. Life is becoming better because I'm in this working world. I'll never forget being 18 years old, walking out the BART trains in a... I wasn't in a full suit, but I'm walking with the people with suits, feeling like I'm the man. I never feel... I never forget what it felt like to have my own business card at 18, like... (laughs) It's great, right? Yeah. So here I am in this job. And to be honest with you, when I started this job, 
I was only supposed to have it for three months while my friend and mentor was doing the Heads Up program at Head Royce. And I was only supposed to fill in for him for the three months, but I did a really good job. They saw my work ethic. They saw me there. They liked me. So they kept me on. Mm -hmm. Well, then 2008, we're in the middle of the financial crisis. And at the end of that year, right when I hit like my one year anniversary of working there, they had the decision to, to let go of like the three people who got paid the least amount in the organization or maybe one person that got paid more. And they decided to drop off the three people who um, were on the bottom of the totem pole. And I was obviously one of them. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I had come from being a failure to now not being so much a failure. And then in a year, now I'm like, got to move back into my mom's house because I'm no longer making the money to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. And I'm no longer allowed to do some of the things that I was doing that allowed me to feel the some bit of pride in who I was at that point. Um, and so it was, although I, I, I thought I, I took it well publicly and in the eyes of my employer, um, internally, I took it really poorly because now I'm back at step one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm. Um, but uh, similar to both of your stories, I mean, at the end of the day, it was the beginning of what propelled the the major shift in my life. Um, And it still allowed me the experience of me seeing that there could be something different for myself. And I've been working for that ever since. Um, And so it opened my eyes and then it was taken and then it fueled the fire to continue to work for that for the rest of my life. And I think in in the end, right, that rejection or that loss is always uh, really powerful. Amen. Thank you. Like... It's just there's so much power, like hearing your guys' stories. And we hope for you guys listening too. like there's just power. in when we like share what we've been through, because there is like this facade in our society that everybody has it together or it just came together like that. Like, no, there's things that like happen that bring us to where we're at. And I think for if, everybody, yeah. I think from LeBron, he's the Lakers have a horrible record right now. Yeah. All the way to like even, you know, some of our best friends. There's things that we all fail at, and I think failure is what builds us up in the process. And I appreciate you, too, Ashley, um, mentioning about um, relationship and uh, dating. Like, you too, Mike, about that type of rejection, because that does hit to a personal chord, and we should probably, like, have an episode around that. Oh, yeah. Just to encourage people to recognize that whatever you go through, especially when it's in reference to another individual, do not let the no or rejection or the inability of one who can't love you the way you deserve to be loved, do not let that make you think that you're unlovable, that you're unworthy, or that you're not deserving of a whole healthy love because you are. Just want to put that out there because I think that's Preach, a, sister. that is like a, Amen. that's what happens. Yeah. Like that's a real feeling that you feel. You do. And so I think that brings us back to when you receive rejection, like what do you do? Yes. The tips. And, I, and I think honestly, so like it's funny because as I think about my friends and my family, you know, I have a best friend. So shout out to my best friend, Chuck, <laughs> her family. Um, she has three kids. I love them to death, like Millie, Mario, Dominic. And honestly, it's surrounding yourself with your loved ones. 
When something hurts you, you got to heal your heart. So how do you heal yourself? Surround yourself with the people who make you happy, with the things that make you happy. Sometimes that means sacrificing other things, but you have to heal yourself. Um, And so like when I'm going through something tough, I always end up going home. I always want to get a good home cooked meal. And I want to spend time with the people who were there with me, you know, like before I had rejection or who's going to love me even after rejection. So that's something that like I definitely say, know who your support system is. It doesn't have to be your parents. It doesn't have to be your siblings. It could be a best friend. It could be a God sibling. It could be a friend from middle school or high school. Um, But make sure you have somebody who's in your support system. Mm. Ashley, we'd be on the same page because I put that like we're, since we're talking about the tips, like what can we offer you guys after you've been rejected? I put that I said, make sure you got a close support system. You know, talk to a close friend. Make sure you get connected with somebody. Um, what are some other tips that we could offer our listeners in terms of after you dealt with some form of rejection as we wrap up this conversation? Um, it sounds like I'm maybe to some extent like a little bit of empathy by saying this. But get to work. Um, you know, like each time that we experience some type of rejection, um, it's a new opportunity to put in more work mm-hmm. to become better. Um, and so we take so much time focusing on the rejection, focusing on the feelings of rejection. Yeah. And we're missing out on the opportunity to continue to work on ourselves and rebuild ourselves to be stronger than ever. Um, so I think that. Again, when we are in a preparation to be in a point of being rejected, if we feel confident in the work that we put in, then the re- rejection takes a little less of a blow. Mm. Then when we experience that projection, uh, rejection, we could go back and find the holes in our plan and find the holes in what we constructed, and then we can fill them. And so, right, it's like this new opportunity <laughs> to continue our work and development and movement forward that is... Honestly, um, what we should be always looking for in life, right? Do we want to get that endpoint? Yes, we do. Did I want to get head coach this year? I, I really did. But if I didn't, then all I have to do is go back and look at my presentation yep. and learn how I can present myself better in the next opportunity. Um, and so I think that's my my greatest my greatest tip is just to get back to work. Um, the second tip I think would be to make sure that every time you go into any opportunity that you may be rejected, you just don't portray anything that is not you. Be authentic. Um, yeah, just, and we, we, I talked about it earlier, but I think that like um, the day after my interview, everybody was like, how was the interview? How was the interview? How was the interview? And I said, there is a very real possibility that they take me and there's a very real possibility that they don't. But I sat at that table. I presented myself well. I gave them an understanding of who I am as a person and who I will be as a coach. And because of that, it went well. Mm-hmm. And regardless of that, if they choose me or not, I feel really good in that. I feel mm-hmm. really good in the opportunity that I had to present myself. Um, and be who I am and allow a table of people to experience that and kind of get to feel that. And so with that, rejection is not as bad because at least we're going out with our chin up. You know, yep. it's like we, we, we went with heart, we went with pride, and now it didn't work out, but that's how life goes. Yep. Um, and so just don't ever try to portray something that you are not truly. I love that. I feel like you and Ashley both really hit on two good points because, like, Ashley talking about getting around your support system means after experiencing rejection, allow yourself to heal. 
because you mm. do have to heal. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel disappointed. Get Heal yourself. But then I love how you bring up, you know, do the work. And that, to me, takes humility. Mm. It takes the ability to, like, let me step outside of my feelings. Let me be humble to the fact that, obviously, I'm not all that. Right. <laughs> and I do need to do a little bit more work or whatever. Um, so I like this. Like, the healing and humility. Um, and I'm thinking, and I, I said this earlier, um, because... Things you guys were saying, that's kind of what I wrote. I said, reevaluate, get with your close support system. But right now, I'm just really thinking about the importance, and I mentioned this earlier, just the ability to not stop. I really, really believe that a lot of people in life, after they've experienced whatever it is, a layoff at a job, um, let it be some type of heartbreak, divorce, something that's like devastating to their overall concept of who they are in the world, they can get stuck. And I know for me personally, that's actually one of my biggest fears, like to not only be physically stuck, but even mentally stuck. Like I wouldn't want to be 34-year-old Aisha with the 21-year-old mindset that I had. I'll always be goofy. I'll always be ridiculous or whatever, but I want to be constantly progressing. And I made that promise to myself years ago after seeing certain people who were in their 40s. And I'm like, yo, your mindset seems like it's the same, like that you were, maybe you were 20, because maybe something happened to you and you got stuck there. So I feel like what I want to tell our listeners is whatever it is, don't stop keep going even if you don't know like what's the next move going to be that's all rooted in faith it's all rooted in believing in the impossible but the impossible is where great things happen that's where god lives he's the impossible yeah and it's also where god lives too is where it's uncomfortable and where it hurts because it's so true shout out to my friend vogue real quick shout out to guppy her grandmother just passed away and i know she's going through because her grandmother raised her um Shout out to rest in peace, Miss Martine. She lived to be, I believe, 96. Mm. Live wow. long life. That's nice. Um, she wrote a poem about her grandmother and um, she talked about falling down, uh, scraping her knee and scraping it on a cactus and her grandmother opening up the cactus and taking that same cactus with the aloe in the middle and mm. taking that cactus and using it to heal her. And I was like, that's so deep because whatever hurts us can heal us mm. if we learn from it, as you always talk about, Ashley. So I just want to put out there... To just keep going. Do not let the pain, do not let the disappointment, do not let the setback define you fully. Learn from it, grow from it, and just keep pressing forward because I guarantee you there is a light. There is a yes, shining look. bright light at the end. Just show me the light. <laughs> and you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about Beyonce. When you know, when I when I was given living, I made lemonades. And that was the same thing mm. for grandmother. So as black women, we always talk about we so strong, we so this. Honestly, that's the one, that's the black girl magic. The black girl magic is switching our hair and making us feel favorite and feeling like you want somebody different, I will go from braids to faux locks to a weave to a straight weave. Um, but in addition to that, like I'm gonna bounce back because yes. I think we learned that from our from our heritage. I think about Ancestors. all the older black women I know. Like they have raised kids by themselves. They have like went through school. They have like done a million things. They raised their grandchildren. They have done so much. And so it's like reach that's in our blood. Our yeah. blood is also to take care of people, but it's also to be strong. And you have to be strong during failure. Because imagine mm. where we'd be as a people if our ancestors gave up on them cotton fields. Man. Mm. <laughs> 
Okay, I we, wouldn't be here right no, here having the privilege to talk about whatever I want to say, run my mouth on like radio. So yeah. I feel like we have to remember that like somebody else was stronger before us and we have to like use their strength right. um, to get us through to the next phase in life. Because we we talk about like black girl magic and the woman is strength and all of that. Like that's when we actually need to use it, is when we need to get back up and like face our fears. Yes. Mm. That resilience is strong, y'all. It's strong like post out jail. You know, it's just- <laughs> Edge control. Okay, I got edge really control. Good edge control. You know, it's like it's gonna hold you down, keep the edges down all day. Like we hold you down, like hold it down on the CG So podcast. One thing, one thing mm-hmm. I want to kind of add to that because I really like that idea of celebrating Black girl magic in the hardest of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like <laughs> um, it's always important. I, I got a young young men's group at, at my job that I work with on Fridays, and literally uh, we just did a short activity on Friday about uh, reflecting on the good and the bad and always trying to achieve that balance. Mm. And I think when we're super high and experiencing something really good, we also have to find a way to acknowledge that there's also things in life that aren't so good going on. Mm-hmm. And that may not happen in our direct life right now, but it's happening somewhere. And we got to kind of find that find that balance so yeah. we don't float away from, from the reality of life, mm. which is something that I think a good amount of people do. And that's the same for when we are experiencing rejection or anything that's not, not good, is that even though we may be in this hole right now and we may be feeling the depression of experiencing this rejection, that yet there's still beauty in life. Yes, And there's of still always black girl magic in us. And there's still always the strength of our ancestors that are, are in us. And even though we may be at this low point, we have to find that balance in understanding that even at a low point, there's still beauty and there's still light yes. and there's still goodness. I know that when I'm at my lowest, y'all, that's when I'm the cutest. <laughs> no, for real, this week you should see me. I was cute this week, but honestly, it was mostly because I wasn't feeling good, and I was like, "Let me make myself feel good," you know. Yeah. And even with my college track queens class, which is an all black girls class that I teach on Wednesdays um, alongside of Domine, and we really talked to girls. And this week we talked about self care. I just said, "What are you doing for yourself?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got to some of them were like, "I don't do, I don't even do the simple things hygiene wise to keep up with myself, like just close the bathroom door and take like a thirty minute bath." Like I'm always mm-hmm. in a rush and one girl was like I work on my self appearance so much that I don't work on what's inside of me Mm. so self care looks internal and external and I just say that because honestly like it takes a village but you have to care about yourself and you have to know like what you're doing because the best thing like I say when I'm feeling the worst I always look my best because I need something to reflect like what I want my world Mm -hmm. to be like and look like Mm. man we should start like um, you know they got okay we have gyms like you know so we we gotta get our physical workout you know you gotta get the guns right whatever Um, (laughs) but (laughs) what if we had gyms for like our internal being like yo I gotta work out this patience today y'all like you know it's leg day it's patience day y'all you know I gotta work out this humility y'all you know I gotta work out this follow through y'all gotta gotta work work out out my honesty commitment I hope a man could go to that (laughs) (laughs) we gonna start the seed you so internal gym we're gonna have different seeds that you can plant to work internally because whatever you're working on internally is going to manifest externally anyway. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to drop them. Okay. Mic drop. Mike, Mike, Mike tap. <laughs> I can't. 
It's good for the soil. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, you guys, we're definitely going to continue this conversation and we would encourage you to continue the conversation as well. Make sure that you are believing, make sure that you are pressing forward and make sure that you recognize the power that you do have to keep going and just have faith in the impossible. That's what it's all really about. But we're going to segue into our take root and give back. Um, just real quick, what we're going to possibly be doing different going forward is, since you think about the seeds you sow, it's, there is the metaphor of the fact that um, whatever we consume, radio, TV, internet, the information is a seed, and that seed influences you. So you guys know that we're very cognitive and aware of the fact that whatever we're giving you guys, we're making sure it's going to influence and empower you in a positive way. But we're also recognizing as a podcast that we also very much highlight and honor the process. And so going forward, we're also going to be thinking about um, as we interview different artists and entrepreneurs and activists, their process to get to where they're going and also their process in terms of where they're at. But today for the Take Root and Give Back, we just want to honor um, the multimedia company Black Enterprise. And I think it's pretty dope because Black Enterprise is a magazine that covers African-American businesses um, with a readership now over 3.7 million people. Um, but the crazy thing is, even though they have this strong following, a strong internet platform, a strong um, print platform, they started back in 1970. Wow. And wow. I think it's important for us to think about things like that because sometimes we're presented with, whoa, this huge platform. They're doing all these awesome, great things. But yeah, they've been around since 1970. Like nothing happens overnight, guys. So if there's anything that you per se want to do, think about that. Think about where it's at right now, but then think about where it could be a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Same thing to us as a podcast. I see you over there actually doing the witch go, what's up, what's up, what's up? Um... So, yeah, we want to shout out um, the Black Enterprise because it's a Black-owned multimedia company that's highlighting all the different entrepreneurs, all the different creatives, all the different things going on in the Black community. And they started that back in the 70s, and they're still going strong today. So check them out, y'all. That's our Take Root and Give Back. And, yeah, now we're going to go into reading It's Good for the Soil, a.k.a. your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. your mind. All right. So I will kick y'all off. You know, I've been doing back from black authors to children books mm. and I thought I was going to do and I guess I'll do two today because mm. Damon left. So I want to do Chocolate Me, which is by Tay Diggs. And it's mm. about a little boy who talks about his color being chocolate. Um, and I think that's really important because, you know, my nephew is chocolate. My family is chocolate. Mm. Um, and I just think it's important. But there's another one by Tay Diggs and it's called Mix Me. And this one is mm. shout out to my my godchildren, Camille and Mario and Dominic. And Mix Me is about a little girl who is mixed. Oh. Um, it has two different like ethnicities and nationalities. Mm. And I think that's so often the reality for people living in 2018 yeah. and 2019. And I think it's important that we embrace both of their yeah. like nationalities and ethnicities. So I just want to recommend Tay Diggs, yes, the author Tay Diggs, um, two books, Chocolate Me and Mixed Me. I like and shout that. out to my nephew and my nieces, but also shout out to my God kids. Yeah, shout out to the babies out there. My book of the day is entitled Dear Martin, a novel by Nick Stone. Uh, Nick Stone, most certainly, just like you two, has black girl magic inside of her. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the first page of the of the novel, it says "Free at last, dream on," um, and it's mm-hmm. a book about this young kid named Justice, 
who is a good kid, an honor student, and always there to help a friend, but somehow ends up in handcuffs. Um, mm. Somebody says that it's like, we'll charm, we'll charm her socks off and smash her hearts to pieces. And I think that's like a real reflection of the black experience in America right now, mm. where like you got a lot of beauty going on. Um, and yet uh, still at in 2019, a whole bunch of things that will smash her heart to pieces. Mm. Um, and so Dear Martin, a novel by Nick Stone. Thank you, Michael. And um, I'm just going to have to just keep pressing you on this. You're going to have to take us to your imaginary library. One day, one that day. Your underground library that you have, that you claim that you don't have, would be coming yeah. out the woodworks with like, this is another book I got from my library that exists that you get to really show us. You know, it's a little, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> at this point, a lot of people buy me books for, you know, Christmas or birthdays or whatever. And, you know, as we get older, and people start to buy us books, and we like oh, another book. And people be giving me books, and I be like, "Yes, another <laughs> book for show. Yeah. Add it to the library." Oh my god! Shout out to another friend, my good friend sister Catherine. Um, she's expecting her first baby girl. Nice. And I just got the invite for her uh, baby shower, and it's like, okay, so. Their hashtag for their wedding was never ending story because her husband's last name is Story. And then now um, the uh, the actual like baby uh, shower, the baby shower is like the next chapter, like the story mm, continues. Yeah, that's it. dope. And they're asking for books for their children. Yes. So for I their love child. people read Shout books out. to y'all kids. I, I love read. books. Yes. Every single night. Word count is a real thing. Yes. I'm bringing this one back, you know. This is a throw black, a throw black. Yeah, it's a throw black. It's a throw, ca- black. <laughs> it's a throw yes, black classic. You know what I'm saying? You know, throw black. Even though he's not a black author, but still, still throw black. Uh, <laughs> this week, I want to highlight the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And since we were talking about rejection, um, rejection is a lot about internal work. At the end of the day, it's really about how are you going to respond internally, so then things can look different externally. Ooh. And I think this book within itself really has some internal seeds that will really help you grow and progress as an individual. So the four agreements essentially are be impeccable with your word, do not take anything personally, do not make assumptions, and always do your best. And so this book breaks down those different specific four agreements and how you can manifest that into your life and think about it more critically so you can become an overall better person because that's what we're all about at the end of the day. Y'all don't y'all want to be better? Absolutely. Don't you want to be better? She got us in the middle. She know I'm running social media. I knows what Mike is doing over there. But Wait, she what are you talking doing? To, talking to my players. I'm sorry, y'all. You good, you good. I got players hitting me all man, day. Man, man, oh, my man. My edges is laid. You, like, you oh, killing it over there. My edges are laid. That magic is coming out today. Say, like, so what did you, man, my edges aren't laid Y'all, today. so I washed my hair. That was the first thing. I washed my hair. Okay. And then after I let it dry, because I do have a weave with my own hair out, I did the edge control and I did a okay. scarf. Oh. So it was the fresh hair being washed and then oh. laying it down. And you see, I did parts so that oh, I have God. swoops. Yeah, you got the swoop. Okay, you got the swoop action. This is like part one. Part two oh. will be really cute when I actually try to do it in the morning. All right, I like how you've achieved the swoop. I just be trying to achieve them to lay down. I, I start <laughs> watching the kids because the kids be fly. I be like, the kids fire to me and yeah. I have more time in the morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. They got that toothbrush action down yeah, like, to a do. science. I'm just like... But I be like, did you do your homework? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make you know, do your homework before you do your edges, y'all. Just make sure we good. 
But yeah, I miss our evening um, podcast uh, recordings. We should try to do one at least one every two months or something like that. Mm. Real quick, you guys, for the month of April, we will not be recording. Oh, I'm sorry. Violins in the background. But we will. Um, we're going to be doing some behind the scenes work. We're going to be doing a new photo shoot. We're going to be making sure we got some new episodes coming for you guys in May. So just stay tuned. We're also going to be working on a website so you guys can interact with us more. Stay tuned. Stay committed. Go back um, and listen to some of the old episodes. There's some episodes I want to listen to. Like, let's yeah. talk about sex. That was like one of my second episodes oh, I was on. That was really good. Talk yeah. about what's your sex philosophy. Go back and listen to good here, bl- bad here, black here. Mm-hmm. That was a really great one. Um, internal growth. Mike, you were on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just go back and listen to some from like season one, season yeah. two, y'all. Let us I'll know be taking your, a month. Yeah, let us know what your favorites ones are. You know, give us some feedback. You, as I always say, you can like us on the Book of Faces and you can follow us on the Instagram cracker. We're always out there. We're always engaging. And we'll make sure we're still engaging with you guys. But stay tuned. We'll miss you guys. We'll be back in May. But let's hold up and just, you know, kick it off or end it off with our quote of the week. Woo! Sorry, I'm feeling so good. I Again, see. I'm feeling so good. It's the night time. I have a lot to do, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling positive. And my my best friend, my other half, my god sister's listening, so she was texting mm-hmm. me. She was listening live. Mm-hmm. Y'all also shout out Chuck. Mar- um, shout out Chuck. Shout Michael out Chuck. Chuck. Um, Hi, Chuck. It's me, Aisha. Kids <laughs> are listening, too. Um, but, yeah, I would say my quote is, you either win or learn. Mm. You never lose. That's right. I really believe in that. I've learned so much from the things things that like maybe I didn't succeed in and I actually think those are more valuable than when I won because at least I got to add a tool to my toolkit. I love that. Thank you, Ashley. Um, I'll go. Did you or do you want to go? You can- um, I could go to it, so whatever. Okay, go ahead. Just All right, go. cool. <laughs> I got two. I'll be I'll, I'll be quick. Um, mm-hmm. they both kind of say similar things. Um, and because I got head coach this week, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll stick with kind of a coaching theme, but one is victory or defeat is not determined at the moment of crisis, but rather in the long and unspectacular period of preparation. Mm. And the other is things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. I like that. That's right. Look at y'all being all inspiring. Mine's is real simple and to the point. Courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. And I really just think at the end of the day, it really just boils down to, do you have the courage to go after what you want? Do you have the courage to be seen and be authentic to who you are? So tap into that courage, you know, sprinkle it with some faith, go after it and know that God's going to cover it and protect it. And whatever you want to do, it can be done. Mm-mm-mm. That's right. Amen. Amen. Look at us. We be just testifying. you. <laughs> Yes, guys, we're the Seed You Sow podcast. We'll be back in May. We love you. Stay beautiful, stay brilliant, and stay blessed. Holla. Peace. Bye. Hey, rap heads, if you really want to support us, follow and subscribe to our podcast now. 
And don't forget to review our show on Apple Podcast. We'd love to hear from you.